Welcome to Loading the Bar with physical training experts Parker McBride and Matt Wasco. Our Fit Lifestyle podcast covers the science of nutrition and fitness, together with the challenges we all face to be disciplined. We'll guide you through the minefields of fads and gimmicks and all manner of BS that tempt us in today's fitness world. Ready to begin? Then let's start loading the bar. Welcome back, everybody, to the Loading the Bar podcast. Parker McBride here, joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Wasco. How's it going today, Matt? Good, good. Uh, We were talking earlier. I'm like, I woke up uh, yesterday, and so it's not a big deal to anybody else, but it's a big deal to me. Uh, I gained one pound. So I'm excited about that. Because it's been about 12 weeks of sitting at 2 212. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, adding uh, dextrose and pasta to my diet, or basically it's rice, um, I've had a pound. So that's it. I'm kind of pumped up about that because I've been really, really trying to gain weight. And I finally decided to add those two elements. Finally, maybe breaking through that plateau a little bit. Yes. That's yes. good. Yeah. I've been working at that a while. I have been working at that a while. And it, Kind of showed up in the gym this morning. I was able to do something I hadn't done before in the gym mm-hmm. this morning. Not on a flat bench, but with the dumbbells. You know, I took the 130s for 13, and that I've always just gotten to 12. So I was like, okay, all right, the one pound heavier, one more rep. You know, not that it necessarily correlates, but I haven't done that many before. So, well, what's what's interesting about that is is you're trying, you're having to put in so much effort to gain weight. Yeah. And most people, especially at your age, are kind of the opposite. They're putting in a ton of effort to try to not gain weight. <laughs> so that's interesting. And, and yeah. we've, I know we've talked on past episodes a little bit about some of your habits and things. And, and there are reasons why you're in this position. But that's, right. that's such a, it's a good position to be in instead of the other side. Right. Yeah. And it's another really, really cold day here. Man, it's kind of starting to feel like Groundhog Day a little bit. Oh, should we talk about our predictions? Well, I mean, we both got it right. Yeah. Chiefs won. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Last week's episode, we it was the day of the, the Chiefs playoff game against the Dolphins, and, and uh, we both predicted a Chiefs victory, and, and it came to fruition. So, Buffalo Bills, what's your, your prediction? Oh, Chiefs got to get this one again. Uh, maybe a little more high scoring. I'll, I'll go like 27 to 20 27 20 chiefs yeah. yeah i don't know i i'm i've got uh this is going to be the game that chiefs either kind of come come out of their funk because they offensively they've been just kind of you know par or not even below par not what they're capable of doing and because of errors and receiving issues and all that so um, I'm nervous about this game, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards the Chiefs 23, 20, but I can, uh, you know, I'm nervous about this game with some skepticism. Yeah. With some skepticism, <laughs> you know, so, well, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so today we're bringing you episode five, um, and what we're going to talk about today, we're going to center our discussion around longevity. So longevity has kind of been a really hot trend um, among the fitness fitness world or just kind of the, the, the world in general. Um, you know, how can we 
keep ourselves um, in better shape longer into our lives. Right. Right. How can we make sure as we get older that we're staying healthy, that we're staying in shape, we're staying active, we're staying able. And, and, you know, it's not just trying to live a really long life, right? I mean, everyone wants to live a long life, but we want to live a quality life for a very long time, right? you know, because it doesn't really do any good to live to a hundred. If your last 20 years, you can't, you can't do anything anyway, you know? So we want to, we want to keep that, um, quality of life as far in down the road as we can. Right. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today. Sounds good. All right. So, um, there are a few different things, how we can approach this. Um, because you've obviously got some different categories, like your activity, what should that look like? Um, your nutrition, what should that look like? Your, your habits, different things like that. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about exercise, um, your activity that you do as you get older and, and how that changes. Because one of the things people will know is that as you get older, it's a lot harder to hold on to lean body mass, to hold on to muscle mass. When you're young, your, your muscle kind of sticks around. You can build it very easily. As you age, your ability to build it goes down and your ability to lose it if you don't work out and exercise increases right and i don't know what your experience has been with that as you've gotten older how has the how have the challenges been in building muscle and um then holding on to it compared to when you were younger um more difficult um the the key young or old the key is consistency but um i do notice that um, the younger the, you are, the easier it is to put on. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, the, the, the king in this whole thing, as far as the key component to anyone adding muscle mass and, and if you're wanting to get stronger is being consistent day in, day out, good sleep, good eating, um, consistent with your workouts. That is, that is paramount. You know, um, and understanding, excuse me, understanding what it takes. Like if you're adding muscle mass and you want to throw creatine on there, creatine has to be every day. It can't be like, Hey, I'm going to take creatine on the days that I work out. So you have to understand those principles. What is going to get the body stronger? What is going to add muscle mass, uh, and being consistent about it because, It's not, not like PEDs where, hey, I can kind of be, you know, not work as hard and have the muscle, right? Um, when you're doing it all natural, every day is a day that is focused on health. And you're trying to take days off, um, you know, not, I mean, there's cheat days. I get that. Like, hey, I'm going to go have a couple beers or, hey, I'm going to go have uh, my weakness, which is movie popcorn right um with the toxic butter um i have that like once every six months you know because <laughs> um, i think that's somewhat therapy for the mind but um but outside of that being very very consistent as and, and that's even more paramount as you get older well in consistency like you talk about with your workouts but something you brought up right at the beginning i want to go back to you brought up sleep mm-hmm. and it's easy to say, well, yeah, you need to get enough sleep and then, and then move on. But sleep is so important. 
um, because it is huge in your recovery. Yeah. And that's one of the things that changes as you get older is your ability to recover goes down. Right. I know. And for I'm, I'm a lot busier now than I was a few years ago, but a few years ago when I was like 20 years old, I could go in the gym six days a week, two hours a day, work out really, really hard that whole time. And I didn't have to get that good a night's sleep. I didn't have to eat that well. And I could still recover really well right. and be ready to go again the next day and just fine and do that week after week after week after week and, and never, never wear my body down. That changes as you get older. Right. And like you talk about with the consistency of the habits, you know, you need sleep to recover. You know, you can't just um, work out really hard and then expect to be able to get a poor night's sleep and then come back and do it over again the same the next day. So as you get older, as we talk about um, maintaining your ability as time goes on, you need to get a really solid good night's sleep. that's one component of it. We'll talk about sleep a little bit. I want to touch on um, what's your experience been with with making sure that you can get a good night's sleep because that's important and it's easy to say get a good night's sleep, but how do we actually do that? Well, I mean, I, I can take, because this happens to everyone, is that they have it, they get a uh, accustomed to a sleep schedule. And, and there'll be an event or something changes in their life, and suddenly they have to change that sleep schedule. So you've, you've adapted to a schedule. The body's adapted to a schedule, and it's used to to bed at this time and up at this time, and I eat at this time. And so the body is used to, hey, this is when I'm eating. Hey, this is when I'm sleeping. And so um, we have those periods where suddenly that changes, and you have to adapt. And so... I think we have the um, uh, the one issue that happens in life that when you aren't consistent, there are negative impacts or negative effects. And those negative effects, as you get older, can be even more traumatic or more, not traumatic, that's a kind of a strong word, but detrimental. Detrimental, yes. And um, for me, when I'm not consistent, I get really bad migraines. I have to have routine in my life because then my water intake isn't good. My sleep isn't good. Um, and when those water intake and sleep get messed up, that's when I, I'm more prone to get migraines. And those are a reminder that those are like suffering is a discipline, (laughs) you know, you know, and, and, and there's all kinds of things that are negative impacts as far as the choices we make. And as you get older, they can become more pronounced. So I think it's just um, understanding the benefits that come with being consistent. Yeah. And I, the other thing that I would say that becomes easier as we get older, you know, it's harder as we get older to, to, to reap some of the benefits of our consistency, right? Because your body, you have to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But what gets easier is that I don't have a let's put it this way. I don't have to tantalize my taste buds all the time. Right. I don't have to have a great variety to my diet. Why would you say that changes as you get older? Because of the benefits. I I don't, I don't know. I think it's just because (laughs) as I gotten older, I've just really worked on, I've seen the benefits of being consistent, 
But if you're trying to add variety into your diet, like every single day, every single meal, then it becomes a headache. Yeah. It becomes too much work. So being, uh, having a meal plan that's not too varied makes it easier. Yeah. And so, and I don't have, I, I don't know if I've broken that or with age and wisdom, I've decided that just eating 10 eggs a day, I'm fine with that. Or eating red meat every day. Uh, I eat pretty much the same thing every day. I mean, my, if I didn't have a family, my fridge would be eggs, milk, red meat, and, and a little bit of fish and smoothies. That's it. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm eating all the time. And, um, the, all the other stuff that's in that fridge is all the other family. Right. Yeah. But that's all I eat. I could survive on that. Just eggs, red meat. I could too. Yeah. Well, that's this, this month's what I'm doing with, with yeah. carnivore kind of surviving on, on eggs, red meat, dairy. Um, that's interesting. It kind of made me think of something when I was hearing you talk there, the word boring came to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, it all sounds very boring. But boring works, yeah. and boring maybe is the key to longevity, right? Get yeah. up the same time every day, go to bed the same time every day, train your body when it's supposed to sleep, train your body when it's supposed to be awake, um, train your body when to eat, train it what it's going to eat. You know, uh, I think there's something to, um, you know, you talk about eating the same thing every day, and I noticed that, um, let, you know, we talked about processed foods a lot last week in our nutrition Mm -hmm. podcast and we talked about how you know when you're eating them every day you don't really notice it and then if you stop eating them for a long period of time and you go back to eating them then you really feel it yeah part of that reason is because your body when you stop eating it your body becomes not used to eating it right and so there's a certain level of efficiency where your body says okay this is what we're used to eating this is what we're going to get good at processing and that's going to make it easier. And so by eating the same thing every day, your body starts to become more and more efficient with breaking down that food, processing that food, and it gets it in it in its routine. Right. And it's so much easier than getting something different every day. And your body's surprised by like, oh, now today it's this. Okay, well, how do we do this? And tomorrow it's a new thing. How do we do that? Instead, it can just say, oh, yep, that, that's what we expected. Here come the eggs right in the morning at the same time. Right, you know? and, right. And I think that just makes it so much easier on the body and there's less effort having to be put into other things. Because if you eat something brand new that you don't normally eat, your body has to put resources to figuring out, okay, what is this? How do we break it down? What do we need to do? And that's less resources going towards other things in your body, like keeping you healthy. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, that it, it, there's enough things going on in life. You know, for me to have a, where every meal has to be something, you know, like I'm going out to eat, you know, um, it's, it's, it's too much, you know, and I need the simplicity of life there. If there, there's something to be said that we don't have in society and that is simplicity of life and silence. These are two things that are missing in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, we complicate our lives constantly by the choices that we make. And I'm as much victim as anybody else. But as I get older, I keep thinking about, okay, let's put the phone down. Okay. Focus on my wife, my kids. Um, you know, 
play Monopoly with my child, you know, these simple things, right? And I mean, and I, I mentioned family in that is that it's a mindset, right? Simplify your life with how you approach life, how you approach eating, and stop trying to make every night has to be like some pomp and circumstance type of situation, right? It's, there is value in simplicity and um, how you approach things. If you make things, and, and being boring, right? I mean, you know, and this is what I deal with constantly with my, my clients is that, you know, I talked about, you know, what you need to do, what you need to eat. And she goes, hey, you know, I've been eating uh, red meat and fish. I don't want to eat it anymore. You know, and it's like, then I'll, then I'll talk to him. Well, there are different ways to cook it, hmm. you know, and season it and season it. And, um, so it's a, it's a, I think the younger generation struggles with this more. Um, you know, I think as people get older, they get a little more consistent or they they realize usually because of health issues, they have to eat a little more cleaner. Well, I think it's, it's an attention span thing. Yes. Um, I've noticed with my generation, the younger generation, that we have a lot lower attention span. Stuff's flashed in front of our faces a lot uh, more frequently growing up, commercials, TV thing. I mean, do you ever do you ever sit down? Um, I don't really get to do this much. I maybe will be in the future now that I'm going to have a child. But mm-hmm. you sit down and with a little kid to watch their uh, cartoons nowadays, mm-hmm. and it's just insane. There's like new stuff flashing on the screen every two seconds and it's all over the place and, and you can't keep track of it and there's no storyline to follow. And it, it's like, no wonder their attention spans are the way they are. Yeah. But see then that whenever you get older, that lack of attention span, now you can't really be dedicated and focus on anything for a long period of time. And you always want to change up. You always want something different. I need something new, something stimulating to eat. I need a different new workout. You know, that's the same thing we find with people in their workouts is, yeah. you know, that simplicity and that boring that you talked about applies directly to your workouts as well. Right. Sometimes the simple thing and the boring thing is the best thing for you to do and the most efficient. Because I, I um, one time I was talking to a guy who was who was a beginner in the gym, and basically what was happening was every workout he was kind of doing a brand new set of exercises a bunch of stuff he hadn't really seen before. And I kind of told him, you know, you're having to kind of relearn everything every time. And if you're somebody who you need different stuff, okay. But that's very inefficient to have to come in and say, okay, now let's learn how to do this. Let's put our body through it for the first time. And it's going to be our body's first time doing it. I mean, you're going to be a lot less efficient at it the less amount of times you've done it versus just coming in saying, okay, last week we did this this week. Let's do the same thing so that we can progress and get better at it. Right. And do that week after week after week. And you'll see a lot more progress than trying to learn something brand new every day. Right. And when it comes to working out, you know, and the, and the, the idea of progressive overload, that is, Hey, every time you do this, every time you work out, do a little bit more weight, do a little bit more reps, you know, get a little bit more challenging and then just keep stacking that on week after week after week, month after month. And you get so much more progress in the long run than if you just try to change it up and do something completely different every time. Um, and I think 
it it is a balance because you don't want to end up in a situation where you're so sick and tired of doing this same workout every week that mm-hmm. you that you quit because you're like I don't want to go to the gym anymore because this workout's so boring. Mm-hmm. But yet you don't you don't want to throw in variety just for the sake of throwing in variety. It doesn't it doesn't actually help you. It actually hinders you. Well, I think you you hit upon something. I think the um, uh, call it the FedEx generation, you know, where not only is it I want something now, but I want to be entertained right now. And um, that affects every phase of our life. And that's something that, you know, we're all affected by it. Um, I've made some conscious efforts and I will continue to make conscious efforts to detach um, and to because they've proven that because of the way TV is and phones are and that constant, hey, I need to be entertained, um, it causes memory loss. Mm. They've connected those dots because your brain can't stay on one topic long enough and it actually starts to cause actual memory loss. And, um, you know, I think that there, you know, it's a, it's a symptom of our, um, you know, the devices we hold and, and, um, and how we run our lives and, you know, people looking for the next event, the next trip, the next movie, the next book, you know, and not, not anyone, not any of those things being wrong within themselves, but there's something to be said for, you know, um, the quiet moments, you know, reflected upon yourself. And when you have that internal peace, you know, a lot of times people don't want to sit in silence because then they have to start answering questions they don't want to answer about themselves or deal with issues about themselves. And so then that manifests in ways of how we can't stay on a routine. We can't, we have to be varied all the time. So it's more of where it's what the, the, having variety in our lives and always having to do something different and new is usually a symptom of um, being bombarded. As soon as we walk out this door, you know, everything, the way marketing hits us, the way we use our phones to what we watch, our brains never get a chance to shut down. It's a constant intake of information. Constant. Constant intake of all this information from all these different directions yet we never really give ourselves the opportunity to process the information and yeah. just sit and, and reflect on it. I think that's something that's, that I've found is very important for me is you go through this long day of constantly information, 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 information. You don't have the time to process it as it comes in because it comes in so quickly. If I can sit down of an evening for 30 minutes or an hour even and just think about all the stuff that happened and process it and make decisions, you know, based on the stuff that's happened and come to thoughts, come to conclusions, I end up being able to sleep so much better. Oh, I think yeah. that's how people sleep problems. Is yes. It's information, information, information. And then when does their body, fi- when does their mind finally start processing it when they lay down to go to sleep? And so then they're like, oh, I was up. My mind was running for two hours. I couldn't go to sleep. Well, that's because your mind needed to run in order to process all that information and you didn't let it do it while you were still awake. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, I have, you know, uh, people in my family that struggle with the same thing, watching too much internet or, or, or news or, and then, you know, thinking about their life or, you know, 
the the monster that's around the corner and then when they try to go to sleep they can't turn it off you know and i think that you know they're having simplicity too and this is where you know we are connecting the dots here folks but that's where the having uh the um an efficient workout that is usually a boring workout is a struggle for some people. And, you know, when I train, there's certain staples that I use and I try to add a little variety to, um, cause we're all a symptom of the culture. Right. And, um, and we still, we still get results, but you can't disregard the fact that, you know, the boring workout is going to be the most effective workout. If you can put up with it for a long period of time. Right. I went, when I was at my strongest was whenever I did the exact same workout. I had the same plan every week. I did the same workout every Monday, same every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, took Sunday off. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing every day, every week for weeks, months, years on end. And I got the strongest I've ever been doing that. Yeah. Um, I didn't need to mix it up in order to get any stronger i just got a little bit um add a little bit more weight every time and got the strongest i'd ever been and that's kind of always going to be my main recommendation to people as long as your workout plan is structured in the right way now you know if it's a if it's a crappy workout plan then no you don't want to do the same workout plan right for months on end because it's not going to get you anywhere but if you have a really well designed workout plan um it's kind of like, uh, you know, diversity. Now we're getting into a little bit. So I was listening to Warren Buffett talk one time about his investment strategy. And he talked about diversifying his investments. And he said, well, he's like, you know, mm-hmm. one investment is always going to be better than another. Like no two investments are equally as good investments. And so he said, the only people that diversify their investments are people who don't know what they're investing in because they diversify them because they have a lack of education. So they, they, they don't know which one's the best. He's like, if you're educated in what you're investing in, you should know what the best investments are. You should invest in those things and you should double down on those things because those are the best investments. And he talked about how he had a very small number of, of stocks that he owned in his portfolio. It was like five, five to 10 stocks, something like that, instead of having, you know, 500 different stocks he was invested in. I think it's the same thing where in your workouts, in your diet, if you know what the best exercises are to do, if you know what the best foods are to eat, then eat those things exactly, and, and work out with those exercises because you know they're the best, then do those. Why waste it with an inferior exercise? You know, if you know that a uh, a barbell bench press is going to put on more muscle than a dumbbell bench press, then why would you ever do dumbbell bench press? Now, actually, the, the data, it, that's another topic because we go into what exercise is best for putting on muscle wear. But w- once you know that, then you structure your workout that way. Um, and, and then you don't have to worry about all this, throwing in all this other stuff that's kind of just a distraction. Right, right. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I've structured all my workouts like that, you know, where and usually my workouts will last four to eight months and then I'll adjust, um, like targeting particular muscle groups. But I, my workouts are pretty boring. 
you know, it's always, usually the, always the same exercises. What do you think about, um, boring being comfortable? Um, one of the things I think as humans is like, I find a little bit of comfort in boring. Like when I can walk in the gym and I say, you know what, I know what workout I have to do because it's the same workout that I do every week on this day and I've done it for so long. It's like, ah, I'm, I'm home mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. I don't have to put a lot of thought process into what I'm doing or the new stuff I'm trying to do or things like that. It's just comfortable. It's mm-hmm. kind of like eating a meal, same thing. Like I'm cooking the same old breakfast that I've cooked every day for, for five years. You know, I know how to do it. It takes no thought. It's comfortable. It's comforting. It's like coming home. You know, you come home, you, you want to come home to the humans have want to come home to the same place every night. Mm-hmm. They want that comfortability. They want that consistency. Right. You know, they desire to come home to the same person every night, you know, their spouse, that they, they want to see them every night because, because we like that comfortability, that consistency, that routine, even, even a job, you know, you go into the same job every day, um, getting up, going to sleep at the same times. There's an element of comfort there that, that I think people have lost, um, with these new generations and with these this new technology and the way that we're we're flashed with stuff the 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 the, the society has taught us to crave something new and something different but i think our natural instincts deep down as humans is to crave that consistency it's interesting you say that um my dad when he was at his job he started that job and he retired from that job that's rare nowadays yeah so that's where you're kind of getting into what we're talking about. I mean, it, it's it's not as simple as that because there is, um, you know, the, well, in, in some ways, you know, people are treated like commodities these days. They're not treated with value, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know, a dime a dozen is a person, right? And so that's the other side of it, which, again, is a symptom of this lack of attention and always, I mean, because what are, what are we doing ultimately when we, putting so much information in our mind. We're not pausing to, to experience silence. We're not enjoying, um, being out in nature. Uh, we're not having those conversations with God. Um, we're, we're basically, there's a little bit of selfishness there, right? It's always about, I have to be entertained, right? That dopamine hit over and over and over in many different ways. And so that, that is, there's a selfishness to it. So people become a byproduct and not someone, someone we care about in the sense that we should care about. And, you know, that's why, I mean, I was even talking to, you know, one of our, um, Isaac this morning where we were talking about how I hope, you know, everyone understands. And we've talked about this on a podcast we did a year ago or two, um, that when someone does something great, I authentically am very excited for them. I'm, you know, I'm invested in them as a human being and I care deeply about them. Um, and that's the way my dad wired me. And I think that's an element that gets lost is that we start to treat people like they're not that important. And again, that's a symptom of our culture. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we can miss out a lot of on a lot of the good things in life by being too self-centered. Yeah. And we don't we don't see the the benefits that, you know, uh putting somebody before ourselves, you know, the benefit that that can be. 
You know, it, it's interesting to me. I hear people talk about not really complaining, but just there's a lot of people these days they don't want to have children. Mm. You know, they don't really want to be married or tied down. Um, or they talk about how how difficult or kind of how oh, how hard it is, you know, with kids because they they require so much, you know, and, and it's such hard work. And you can speak to this more than me because I haven't had my first child yet. Yeah. But, you know, maybe, you know, that that's a good thing that, you know, you're having to spend that time being selfless and focus on somebody else. And same thing with, with being married, right? Having another person that you're supposed to kind of put before yourself, um, that can be in the long run fulfilling. In the short term, it can be very hard. But if you ask people that have had children, sometimes in the moment when the kid's like two or three, they're like, oh, man, this is this is rough. But then when the kid gets older and the kid's like 18, 20, they're like, oh, it's the most fulfilling experience I ever had was right. having kids. Right. Same thing with, with marriage. You know, you have people who maybe the first few years are are – or tougher or the 10, 15, whatever years, but then they get to 40 years and they look back and they're like, wow, this was, this was the most growing experience that I, that I could have had by putting somebody else first. Right. And I know, um, it's same thing with me. If I were to do something for myself, like, like take money, for example, if I spend money on myself, how good do I feel about it versus if I help someone else with it? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've all probably experienced that a little bit, that good, it's very hard to do, but it's a good feeling mm-hmm. whenever you, you, you use it on somebody else and, you know, you, you kind of take yourself out of it. It's interesting how we've kind of connected some dots here. And that is connecting what that in the gym, we deal with how people need variety, not only in the gym, but also in their diet and and that connects. They also need that variety in their life and they need that variety. It goes on and on. And it's a, it's a symptom of a problem. These are all symptoms of a problem that's in our culture. And, you know, um, and I think, you know, me and you don't have the power to change this. Right. But we have a power to, um, control ourselves and, um, and understand that when we put people first, you know, our trainees first, that is an example. That is setting a example for them and for others that they're important and, and reminds us. Because, I, I, you know, you've done it for me. You know, there's times where you've made a decision, said something that was an example for me. And it re- either reinforces or made me think a little bit differently. And... And these are positive things, right? And so um, we're, we're, our job is to, and the way I see it, is our job is to go out and be positive forces in the world. And not only in the way that we um, train, but also in the way we live. And people get example of the way we live by how we communicate the decisions we make. Because everything, you know, it's like people... Like when we would uh, do certain things when we were working together in the gym and something, a topic would come up or, or we would be going somewhere, people already knew the decision that Parker was going to make. There was no, you know, like, well, what, what will Parker do with this decision? People knew. 
And that is a setting example because, you know, there's a reason he's so consistent and people respect that. There's not an inconsistency to your decision making. I think there's a big importance in leading by example over yeah. maybe leading with words. You can tell people all you want to do a certain thing, but if they don't really see you doing that, what does it mean? Right. And, you know, I've always, um, I was kind of that way, like <clears throat> my senior year of high school, um, after my junior year, our, our football coach was fired and we got a new football coach for my senior year. And so coming in senior year, you know, he didn't really know. It was like a whole new coaching staff and, and they didn't really know a lot of us. So we're getting into the summertime and going through workouts and OTAs and started up practices and all this stuff. And, and, um, then we did the, and I was never super vocal. I was always in the gym. I was always, you know, like I came to every workout, every practice was there early, stayed late, like worked really hard, but I wasn't a vocal leader necessarily. Right. But it came, came time to vote on captains and, and I made captain, uh, for var the varsity, uh, as a senior. And I remember not that I, I don't remember like my coach saying he was surprised necessarily, but he just was like impressed, I guess, by the fact that, um, without really being a vocal leader and being somebody that was always up talking to everybody, I still, my teammates still had their respect. I still commanded their, their respect yes. and, and was what as captain. And that really taught me a lot about, Oh wow. Like my consistency and just coming in, working hard and, doing it you know and people seeing that has a profound ha, has as much of a profound effect or maybe even more than being a vocal leader a vocal motivator mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's it's um it's a important aspect in our lives you know to to have um people that are uh what i want to say you know have fortitude in the decisions they make consistent in the decisions they make um, they're based on truth and, and, and ethics, right? So when you have someone who sticks to their ethics, and I mean ethics that are found in, you know, rooted in, I'll be honest, gospel, um, then that's attractive, you know? It, and everyone, it's kind of like, you know, if you're, if I haven't been in the military, but my dad has, so I've had many discussions, but he said, you may hate that sergeant but you respect him. He was tough on you. You may not agree with certain things or don't like him for certain reasons, but you respected him because he was absolutely consistent. And, you know, so I think when even I've come across this where people maybe didn't like me because of my personality, but there was respect there, right? There was a respect, even though I'm not their cup of tea. Yeah, it's kind of like a competition, you know, so if you're in a sporting event or something, you're competing against somebody or there's a competition in business or something and, you know, the, the other person is working just as hard as you are and maybe they beat you and there, there's an element of you don't like them because they're beating you, but at the same time, you you have a respect that they're out there working just like you are and and kind of like a may the better man win thing. Yeah. It's like... It's like a, a a fighting match or something where the guys can be beating the crap out of each other in the fight because it's a competition. But then when it gets done, they raise one of the guy's arms and and 
they hug and they're like, mm, it's all good, mm-hmm. you know, because the better man won. Yeah. And that's, that's how I like to approach life. You know, obviously if somebody uses, um, maybe bad things in order to get something to get ahead and then, <laughs> then it's, it's different, you know, yeah. but if somebody has fought fair and they've done something and they've won, I don't know. It's, it's like, I'm very, even if they're they're uh, they beat me in something, I've always been very respectful of that. And, and then that's, that's an example that you can learn from, right? Because, okay, this guy beat me. Well, how did he beat me? Right. You know, and then I learned from him for example. Right. You know, there, there was a, a, I can't remember. I wish I could remember the guy's name, but, but they were talking about two of the guys who were, um, bodybuilders back in the day. I can't remember. I, I'd have to, I'd have to look it up, but it was, they were talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then they were talking about this other guy and they said, they were both very close competitors, but they said, Were you um, talking about Lou Fregno? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but anyway, so Arnold, I guess, had a reputation for not being very helpful, not being the, the, the nicest competitor. Cause he saw it as I'm competing against these guys. Like I'm not going to give them any help, any information, anything like that. And then there's another guy who had that mindset of like, Hey, if somebody asks me a question, I'm gonna come help them out. If they want to know how I, how I train, I'll give away my secrets. Like nothing's a secret. I want to help people succeed. And you know, they said, they're like, well, that's, kind of why Arnold won is because he kept all his secrets to himself. He didn't really help other people out. He wasn't the, the nicest competitor. Right. But this other guy didn't win because he gave away all his secrets. Right. And other people were able to use him and build off of that. And, but at the same time, it's like, who feels more fulfilled? Does it, feel, does it make you feel more fulfilled to know, look back and say, and think of all these people that I helped, all these people that I educated, maybe I didn't come in first. I didn't win the trophy. You know, but I, but I got to help a lot of people, educate a lot of people versus the other perspective that is, okay, like I did what it took. I, you know, kept everything to myself and, and was very selfish so that I could win that first place. And now I have that, that medal, but maybe people don't look at me with the, with the, they look at me with respect before a different reason. Yeah. And that's a good segue into another part that we were talking about is, um, you know, this need to um, be the best, and I don't. I want to be careful about this word at any cost, yeah. because that's relative. But uh, at at a cost, and um, you know, I it you know, and, and this this is the other side of things is that most of the people I train are um, they're not going to be at, at any cost type of people. You know, they're just there to be in shape. They want to feel better. They want to have more energy. Um, and so I don't have, um, I can't, I mean, there's maybe only been a couple people I've trained that are kind of going outside those bounds. Like they're trying to get to a point by using a, a or uh, AIDS, you know, uh, you know, PEDs and, and I guess that's, that's kind of another topic is, is, uh, we're talking about longevity. We're talking about how do we stay, uh, healthy and do it naturally. And, you know, I know a number of people now, twenties, thirties, forties, um, some are doing, you know, 
uh, TRT in their 20s, you know, or even, you know, 20s and 30s. And I don't technically think they really needed it at 20 some years old. Well, I think if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're taking TRT in your 20s, there's a bigger, there's a deeper question to ask. And it is, why do I need TRT in my 20s? Because you shouldn't. Right. And I think it's kind of just masking the problem, right? So there are things that you can do to help your testosterone levels. If your testosterone levels are not where they should be for a 20 year old, that doesn't involve injecting yourself with artificial testosterone. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I speak, you know, we're both at different age ranges, obviously, but you know, I've, when I came, got into fitness even more, which was becoming a trainer, I never considered that. You know, I, I had a strong influence in my younger years, a friend of mine I went to college with, he's very close to me and we don't get to see each other that much anymore, but he's a weight coach up in Iowa state. And, uh, he made the, uh, he was considered one of the top athletes in the, in the world for, uh, going to the Olympics when he was in high school, he was invited to the Japan Olympics as a senior and because the you know, the U.S. Olympic Committee thought this guy's going to be an Olympian, and um, I mean he was a weight guy. I mean a, a you know shot putter, javelin, discus, and then he decides he wants to run the hundred yard dash as a senior in high school and win state. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, now just hadn't run ever ran it before in his life, and he just ends up being the fastest guy there. So he was a freak athlete. So, um, he goes to Japan Olympics, does very well, uh, with a, he's there with a, another high school competitor and Dan weighed about, you know, 10 pounds more than him. They both go to, off to college. They both get together later, like a, a year and a half later. And this competitor, his friend is now a hundred pounds heavier than he was before in a year. Mm. Yeah. So something's not right. <laughs> and, you know, he had a conversation with him at that time that was, uh, if you want to compete on the, on the world stage, you're going to have to do anabolics. And Dan, you could say Dan had the, finger, had the world at his fingertips because he, his athleticism was off the charts. And if he takes this, he will be an Olympian without a doubt. Because uh, Dan was better than him in high school, and this guy that he he worked with goes on. I'll mention his name. His name's Randy Barnes. Anyway, Randy Barnes goes on, wins medals in the U.S. Olympics, gets caught, and then cleans up. And then I think he wins a gold later on, if I'm not mistaken. But he got he got there by cheating, you know. And Dan said, "I will not put PEDs in my body." And that made a big influence on me because I, I realized not only did he have the athleticism, but uh, if he takes this one little drug, he'll be one of the best in the world, if not the best. And I was in that impressed me that he was not willing to do that. That made a big, impra- a big impression on me at a young age. I mean, I was in college. And so because of that, I never even considered PEDs. 
So I get into training and I, everyone around, there's a lot of that going on around me. I mean, a lot of it, you know, a lot of the influencers you see online are, are, are on PEDs. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean like way over half. And, um, so, you know, I, this, well, since I had that attitude, I do it clean. I eat healthy. I eat the natural products that God gives us. And I'm still, and I'm 56 and I'm still pushing more weight than most of those guys that are not able to push, you know, that, and even some that are on that. So, yeah, just cause you take steroids doesn't mean you're all of a sudden going to lift a bunch of weight. No, still some, some work that goes in, but it's interesting earlier, you brought up the, the FedEx culture and like needing it now. And I think that's what it boils down to a lot of times. I think you've shown that you can still reach some st- tremendous levels with a lot of hard work and dedication over a long period of time. Right. Um, I think a lot of people's motivation is, I think it's two different things. You brought up the Olympics. Okay. Um, you're probably right. It, it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to succeed medal in the Olympics at an event like, like the shot put or javelin without anabolics, right? You, you cannot achieve the level that you desire to achieve without it. Mm-hmm. However, what we see a lot more just kind of in the everyday world is people who absolutely could achieve what they want to achieve naturally, um, but they decide to take the easier route, which right. is PEDs instead of the hard work, the dedication, the diet, and the, the, the long time that it takes. They take the quick road out, take the easy road out. I think that's more commonly the motivation that, that we see for it. And that, to me, is a much easier decision because if you're going to the Olympics and that's your goal, then your only option really to succeed there is to take PEDs. Yeah. This is not the case. People that want to, oh, I want to be, like, pretty muscular. I'd like to bench 315, and then they, like, hop on PEDs. It's like, dude, you could do that. <laughs> you could do that without PEDs. Right. Right. I think it's extremely detrimental. And I think um, we talk about longevity. It's the perfect thing to talk about with longevity because I think what we see is sort of um, you're kind of by taking PEDs, you're you're benefiting now, but you're sacrificing in the future. Correct. And um, there's a lot of science behind it. We don't really have time to, to go deep into the science today, but, you know, by taking PEDs at a young age, um, it's, it's a hormone that your body is naturally producing. And if you're taking artificial injections, your body um, begins to shut down its natural production because it doesn't need it anymore because it's getting these injections. And, and that's very difficult if you ever wanted to stop taking, uh, taking anabolics. At that time, it's very challenging to get your body to start back up its natural production at the level mm-hmm. that it needs, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of um, it's kind of like sacrificing your body's natural production just to have some extra right now. And and you know you can continue to uh, take them and, and and inject them, but it's one of those things you kind of are going to have to do for the rest of your life if you um, have been doing them even when you're young. Well, and I think you know. Um I'll speak for myself. I'm not an expert on PEDs because I don't take them and I've never planned on taking them. And, you know, but I do have some understanding. And I think it's somewhat debated that if if you're taking TUT and you're on them for a while, 
uh, there's a question if the body is going to start them back up, mm-hmm. you know, like if you get off of them. Um, or that when you go off of them, it's such a, such a detrimental effect to being so exhausted all the time that screw this, I'm going to get right back on them, right? Yeah, it, there is an element of that that I've found with people that is, it's like a crutch that you start using and then once you start using it, you can't go without it because you always know it's there. Right. Like, oh man, th- this is harder. Like you, you take them and it's easy. You get off of them and it gets harder. And so then why would you not go back to the crutch that, that you've always used? Right. Right. Well, you know, you find that it's kind of one of the things, I mean, when you have um, adequate testosterone levels, you're going to have more energy. You're going to have, you know, get through the day, you know, get things done that you need to get done. Um, and when you don't have, when you're tired, you're not as productive and you might not be able to get the things done you need to get done. So there is an element, a practical, pragmatic element to having testosterone that helps you function day in and day out. And so, you know, if you're messing around with that natural ability to produce it, then that's when the crutch comes in because you have to be able to function in life. Yeah, you need that as a as a male. You need you need a certain amount of testosterone, and if you don't have it, you are going to suffer. Right. Um, but I do think, you know, the, the first place people normally go, and this is this is our a big problem in our society in the medical industry, right? You, if if you go to the doctor and one of your levels or something's out of whack, the first thing they do is want to prescribe you a medication. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with TRT. So you you go to the doctor, maybe your testosterone tests low. Oh, okay, we just give you some injections. Yeah, which is another problem. Of, yeah. And that's a systemic problem in our medical system. Yes, yes. But at the same time, there are ways to fix it now. Just like there are ways to help your your blood pressure or your cholesterol or your uh, uh, A1C or things like that. There are ways to help that naturally. There are ways to help your testosterone naturally too. One of the things, you know, I've always kind of thought about it from a very logical standpoint. Like, okay, take testosterone. I, I want to have high testosterone levels. I don't want to take them artificially. So how do I make sure my body can produce enough? Well... Testosterone is something your body produces, but it's not something that your body intakes. So if you think about, eventually your body gets to testosterone, but it doesn't start there from what you eat. So there has to be a process that takes place. There has to be a, a chemical reaction. There has to be a formula that goes into what is testosterone. So I looked up, okay, what makes testosterone in your body? And some of the biggest ingredients are uh, cholesterol and saturated fats. Those are some of the biggest indicators into production of testosterone in your body. And so my thought was always, well, I need to make sure I maximize the ingredients that go into making testosterone if I want to make sure that I have enough. Right. And so that's been one of my focuses is if I can get healthy cholesterol, healthy saturated fats, I'm going to maximize testosterone. Well, what's the best sources of healthy cholesterol and healthy saturated fats? Red meat, eggs, dairy products, all those things that we've been talking about people should eat. So what I've found myself is by eating a diet, the healthy diet of the things that we've been talking about eating, I haven't had any problem. Now, I'm also young, so that's a different story, but I think it also speaks to you as well. Most people your age, well, maybe not most people, but I would I would say most people your age doing what you do in the gym 
are on some sort of PEDs. Right. You're not. And so I think we have to look at what do you do in order to get there? And you talk about your diet, how strict you are there, your routines, your consistency. And I think that's the answer right there is to say, you know, look what you do and what you can get without PEDs. And if people would be willing to do that stuff, then they wouldn't need them. Right. Right. And and I think, I think it's, it's, uh, it was, you know, let's put it this way. Like some of my goals that I wanted to reach took me two years. Okay. Consistently day in, day out, you know, um, and so when you think about that, it takes, that's patience, hours and hours and hours in the gym, right? And I had someone tell me one time, she goes, Matt, just take, just take a trend and you'll be there in a month. And I thought, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, that, that takes us back to something that we've talked about before on past episodes. And, and it's the process is the goal, mm-hmm. right? The goal I mean, obviously you wanted to reach your goal, you know, your, your 405 bench. We've talked about it before. You want to reach that, but the process is also the goal. When we talk about longevity, the process of getting to longevity is our goal. If we're talking about longevity, what is the process to get there? The process to get there is clean diet, consistent working out, you know, consistency in your habits, all those things. That's also the type of thing that's going to get you to 405. It's going to take you a while, but why get there quicker? Let's say, let's say for example, you took the anabolics you needed to take to bench 405 and you bench 405 next month. Mm-hmm. Then what? More. Exactly. Then you say, well, I don't know, maybe bench 500 and then you take more. And <laughs> right. that's what we find is a big problem is when, when the process gets artificially sped up and people get it instantly, then they just want to go further and go more. Mm, I would argue that, that by, I, I'm, I think you'll get there eventually, but you might actually be better off if you never get to 405. Yeah. You know why? Because you're so, you're so focused on your habits, your diet, your workouts being so consistent to try to get there that you're creating your what you're creating is yourself being super healthy and creating longevity for yourself by keeping these habits and doing these things. And if you got to your goal and then you quit, well now that goes that starts to go away. Right. So by constantly having something to chase that you can't quite attain, it kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy in that this longevity and this health will kind of fulfill itself, you know, give yourself something to chase other than just the health and of itself. You know, I think another thing is, is it's, it. not that that's really important, but if you take antibiotics and you get there in a month versus two years or three years, uh, it's kind of a lack of respect for the weight or the accomplishment. Yeah. It's because, you know, Anything that you put a ton of time into, you respect. Yeah. You know, if you get it like it's not that big a deal, then um, there's that, there's a lack of respect for the accomplishment. And um, so, I, you know, it's, it's just like anything. I, I treat, you know, I've only, I've hit some certain goals uh, with my overhead and, and press and, uh, and recently starting to get my legs up there. But... I respect the work 
in, uh, in the weight that I'm moving because I know what it took to get there, you know? And I think there's something, and it also puts things in perspective for me. If I got there real quick, I think it's like that FedEx mindset. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, 405, 435, 435, 455. Or you know, I got this quick, everything else should come quick that's too. Exactly. And then other, other parts of your life, we talk about how, how fitness and health bleed into all the other parts of your life. Right. So if you start getting goals really quick and really easy in the gym because you're taking PEDs and now you think, well, I should also get this goal of, you know, something I go, I have in family or go, I have in career or money or something like that should also come easy. And you're not willing to put in the, as much work because you didn't have to put in as much work to get this goal in the gym. Correct. Yeah. Oh, it's right. It's, it's a symptom of the, of the culture. You know, so then I mean, you're constantly kind of looking towards the easy way out. Um, I don't know. I, that's kind of how I've always approached it is, you know, I know for a fact that I have, I have not capped out my potential of what I could do naturally. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been my thing is I'm like, I know I can do more naturally. I'm not going to take PEDs or, or, or cheat to, to get at a higher level because I can get there without it. Right. And I want to challenge myself and I want to put myself through these hard things. I want to put myself through the, you know, the, the consistency over time, because that's, that's just what it takes to win at life mm -hmm. is just, and I, and I, I've always tried to treat the gym as sort of a metaphor to life and taking PEDs would be taking the easy way out. And I want to take the yeah. easy way out in life. And the, the, just to throw on top of that, Let's not deny the fact that when you take PEDs, you're rewarded for it. Not only in the accomplishment, but by your peers. Mm. And so when you make the choices not to, to do things the natural way, then you understand that the accolades probably are not going to be as great. You're not going to get the following. You're not going to get win the race or win the, you know, the lifting competition. But you can lay your head down at night and be guilt free about it. It's like, cause there's more important things than lifting. We both agree with that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, family, God, you know, this is what we did. Basically, uh, personal training is just a vehicle for us to, you know, do God's work. Okay. That's all it is for us. And so when it comes to, you know, when we start that, I think that's when, when we start getting that FedEx mindset, that's when we're starting to put, um, something in front of God. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it has a great quotes there. I can't wait to cut this up. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's one of those things too, is, um, there's a lot of data out there to show that Longevity and PEDs are antagonists. They yes. work against each other. Yes. Um, a lot of people that have died very young. Well, look at the, um, the bodybuilding industry. They've had a huge rash of people that have died in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. uh, 40s and 50s. Yeah, because yeah. the effects on your body, there are positive effects, such as getting stronger, getting bigger much more quickly, but there's a cost for that, right? Every, right. you know, if it seems too good to be true, you know, there's always a catch and yes. there's a catch to it. And the, the destruction it does to the, 
inside of your body and um, things like that. Like if you look at autopsies of people who have been on PEDs for a long period of time and died very prematurely, I mean, it's, it's some scary stuff. So, and that, that's not to say that, um, and that those are at highly abusive levels. Yes, of course. Right? Uh, the, 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 the bodybuilding industry is the extreme for sure. Exactly. Um, and what we're talking about, when we're talking about TRT, you know, we're talking about more of like taking levels that are under where you should be and raising them up to levels of where you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our argument is you can probably do that without taking PEDs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, your levels should be in the normal range. However, they should not be above normal. Right. And that's when the abuse comes into play. I think it would be good. You said something before we started the show, and I think it would be good to quantify how you view, um, you know, anabolics, um, you know, uh, testosterone replacement and, you know, just AIDS in general and how you quantify that before we started. I think that'd be a good description for everybody to hear. Um, in what way? I don't, I mean like, you know, how you put them into categories. You said, um, you were talking about how you viewed performance enhancing drugs and, and, um, you kind of said, this is how I view them. And I can't remember how you stated it because it was eloquent. <laughs> Dude, oh, I'm slaughtering I, it. Oh, I wish I could remember it then. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I would just say in general, performance enhancing drugs are going to take you to a level beyond, beyond where you, where you should be naturally, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, TRT is more going to try to take you up to the level of where you should be naturally, but it's doing it in an artificial manner. Um, by AIDS, what AIDS are you specifically referring uh, you to? You know, there? there's AIDS could be anything from, um, you know, peptides or, you know, the slingshot or, you know, those are the type of AIDS. Oh, yeah. Well, boy, now we go into a whole nother thing because like a slingshot, you know, if you s- used uh, for people that don't that don't know, a slingshot is basically a, a, a thing you wear across your chest that can help you bench a little bit more weight. Right, right. Well, if you wore the slingshot for every single rep of every single bench that you ever did, no, right? I don't agree with that at all because yeah. that would be similar to like PEDs where you're you're just helping everything and you're just raising the bar one more level. Because then where does that lead from there? You ever seen the guys that do the equipped powerlifting? This is why I think equipped powerlifting is such BS because right. dudes just get bigger and bigger things that help them lift more weight. And next thing right. you know, they're wearing this shirt that helps them bench hundreds of more pounds than what they could bench yeah, without they look, it. They walk out like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like what, what's the point of that? Right. Right. And so I think it, it, it's just like PEDs where a little bit turns into a lot more, turns into a lot more. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden we have what we have now where you watch the Mr. Olympia and these dudes are just so massive where, I mean, it's insane. It, it's nowhere near naturally possible for a human being to achieve that it's almost just stupid right yeah. and it, it's the same thing with with equipped powerlifting and so like a slingshot as long as it's used as a tool for a desired effect where you know you 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 want to have that effect in certain aspects of your training for trying to increase your natural bench press 
okay, that's fine. Yeah. But if you're just using because oh, I'm going to use it every time because I can bench more. Okay, well, now, ooh, look, I got this shirt. Now I can bench even more with it. And I got this new thing. And now I got this new thing. And next thing you know, you're benching 1,000 pounds. But it's like the equipment's doing most of it for you. Right. So what's really the point? And, I mean, I think that's a really good comparison to PEDs where it's doing a lot of it for you. So what's the point? Well, I think it's also, it's also is in mental preparation, too. You know, at one time I considered smelling salts, right? To get me mentally, you know. Yeah. But I have learned that when it's time to go, I can just turn it on. Exactly. You know, I don't have to sit there or you know, like, man, I'm kind of down. Let me smell these salts. Whoa, you know, I do that naturally. You know, you, yeah. you, you've, I mean, you've seen it yourself where I'm sitting there and, you know, if I have a heart monitor on, I'm literally raising it 30 beats a minute. Just sitting there. Just sitting there as I'm prepping my mind. Yeah. And I know that every time I get under something heavy, uh, everyone around me disappears. I don't even hear what's going on. It's just me and my spotter. And all I'm thinking about is me in that way. And yeah. uh, I mean, and it's funny because I go back and watch videos later as I hear all this noise around me going on. I, say, I didn't hear any of that. All yeah. I heard was myself. Yeah, I think it's funny. Um, I don't know if you hear me or not, but usually I'm the one spotting you when you're you're going yeah. for a max, and I'm I'm kind of talking to you the whole time, trying yeah. to motivate and hype you up. I don't know if you hear it or not, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I think I, a couple times there was a. I think in one of my earlier benches, you got my attention. You slapped me on the chest pretty hard. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm really ready to go. You know, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of times I did. I mean, I I'll, I'll hear my my spotter which has usually been you and, uh, but I'll, I don't hear anyone else. And then yeah. I'll, and then I'll hear later. So God, a lot of people were cheering me on. I wasn't even yeah. hearing that, you know, but that's that, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not taking the aid of like smelling salts to mentally prepare myself. I ran into the same thing with like pre-workout. I used yeah. to take pre-workout way back many years ago and it, it, I mean, it works for its desired purpose. I will definitely put that out there. It would get me amped up and get me ready to go for a workout. But then I got to a point where I finally asked myself, you know, why is it that I need this crutch in order to get me amped up for a workout? Mm -hmm. Right. Why can't I just do that on my own? You know, what is the, what is the issue? And then I began to, I began to take the perspective of if I need pre-workout in order to have a good workout and get me amped up for a workout, then something else is wrong that I need to look at. And this is just masking the problem, right? Maybe I didn't sleep good enough. Maybe I'm not in the right headspace, not getting myself motivated enough, you know, whatever it may be. And from that point forward, I had never, never needed pre-workout. And there's been a time or two since then where I've like maybe taken a scoop just because someone gave it to me. And I'm like, I didn't really feel any different. Yeah. You know, I it didn't really, it didn't really help me any because yeah. I was able to kind of figure out how to get the desired effects on my own. And a lot of this stuff is, um, a lot of other supplements I think are the same way where it's like, you don't really need it. It doesn't really, it's, it's kind of almost like a little bit of placebo mm -hmm. and you take it and you think it works because you take it. It doesn't work because of something that's actually inside of it. Right. Yeah. Now I, earlier in my career as a, you know, me working out on my own and me as a trainer, I've slowly weeded off a lot of the supplements I used to take. 
now I find I get some positive results before I work out with salt water. You know, I drop a teaspoon natural. Yeah. And it does wake me up. I'm like, I put it in, I'm like, start drinking it, get a little bit in about 15, 20 minutes. I'm more awake now. Yeah. And I do that every morning, you know, because you know, I'm, I'm getting at the gym at four 45 in the morning. So, you know, I need to like a little, it it does, it kind of stimulates me. So anyway. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot of topics there, uh, talking about longevity today, but hit a lot of different things along the way. Um, good stories too today. I always like bringing those up, reminiscing on the, on the past a little bit. Um, Matt, you got anything else you want to add for the, for the group today? No, I think that was a good discussion. It kind of segued into, uh, other aspects that, you know, are just, they're all kind of tied together. Yeah. So I think we kind of covered the gamut there and, um, you know, but that was, that was a fun one. Yep. Yep. Okay. So guys, um, make sure if you have any questions, um, or you have any topic ideas, uh, make sure to reach out. You can contact us. Um, Matt, want to drop your email? Yeah. Uh, CPT dot Kansas city at gmail.com. Yep. And I think pretty soon we should be having these episodes up on social media too. You'll be able to reach out to us on Instagram, um, YouTube, places yes. like that yeah. as well. And if you want to. This, everything's a process, guys. You know, I, I just did our intro and outro recording last few days ago. And so we're slowly, you know, we're both working full-time jobs. So, and, you know, we'll get this more refined as we move forward. Yep, absolutely. It's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. Well, guys, we really appreciate you uh, being with us. Um, We're very excited to be bringing this to you guys every week, and we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Take care, guys. Hey, look at you. You've completed another milestone by finishing this episode of Loading the Bar. Your future self thanks you profusely. Loading the Bar is podcasted from Kansas City, Missouri. Email us at cpt.kansascity at gmail.com. Forge ahead and share your progress. And we'll see you back here for another episode of Loading the Bar.